up? Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the show. I'm joined once again by Rich, the intern in the back. Rich, how you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Can't complain. What did you think of Junior World performance? Top to bottom. Top to bottom, man. That was uh, that was great. I mean, men came out gunning. Braxton Amos, du- double medals, couple couple Junior World champs. I know you're pretty happy. Missouri Tigers did their thing over there. Yeah, yeah, a couple champs for the Tigers. Um, women showed up. Did awesome. <laughs> Um, I think it bodes really well for the future of USA Wrestling. So excited about that, and um, we're excited to get to today's show. We have a, a treat for ourselves. We got the entire Cornell coaching staff going to be joining us today. Um, let's bring it right on. Head coach uh, Mike Gray, associate head coach Donnie Vincent, assistant Kellen Russell, and volunteer assistant Nick Gwizdowski. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Peter. Thank you. You got it. Thanks. Um, Mike, I guess we'll start with you. Everybody knows the story, right? You know, it was a pretty quick turnaround with, with Rob taking off and heading out to the West Coast. Rob Cole, the former head coach. Um, and you were out in Guatemala. You've been gone like a good chunk of the whole summer. But so it was a whirlwind and, and okay, they decide you, you're going to be the head coach. How quickly does your mind start going to filling out a coaching staff and how do you go about there's a lot of great candidates around the country. How does your mind work to try to fill these pieces to the puzzle? Yeah. So for me, I mean, immediately, right. It's, it's all right. You're the guy. So it's like now, all right. So I got to hire a good staff, right. I, I want to hire the best guys I can. So, um, you know, I worked with Donnie before and, you know, I knew he was, you know, just a great candidate. I know that he's a great recruiter, does a great job in the room, um, you know, developing relationships and just really connecting with the guys. So, Donnie's always been on my radar and it's always been kind of a pipe dream to, you know, I guess get back together with, with him. <clears throat> and then, you know, Kellen, we wrestled together when we were younger. Uh, you know, we trained together at Blair. He went to Blair, went to Del Barton. So we trained together there. Um, we were always friendly, you know, in college and then even, you know, in coaching and, and just when we see each other in passing. And I just have been impressed with what he'd done and, and how, um, you know, how he led and, and really helped with the freestyle side of things as well, right? So the co- the college program, but also the freestyle side of things, um, you know. And he can still wrestle like a, like a machine, right? So he can still get in there and scrap much more than <laughs> Donnie and I. We were just watching him roll around with Kyle at, at RTC practice, and I was just like, he would probably put, take us apart, Don. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so he's, he's, he does a great job. And then um, – with Nick, I actually was talking with him down in the camp before we went to Guatemala. So I was talking with him at the second Olympic camp down in uh, Georgia. And we were just chatting organically. So I had no idea about anything. I was just like, do you want to get into coaching? Like, what, kind of, what's your plan? You know, he's like, yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, it had to be the right situation. And we were just chatting. And, you know, he was just picking my brain about coaching and, you know, just and it happened to be a couple of days later, I, I became the head coach. So that was really a unique and kind of organic experience, which then I was like, well, that's the guy I got to try to get. You know, we were just chatting about coaching and, um, you know, I think that he would want to do it at the right program. And I think that we're the right program for him. So that's kind of, I guess, my thought process and, and the breakdown for me. Um, but I knew I needed to get quality guys in, right? And I think that we definitely uh, turned some heads getting this staff together because it's, you know, I think it's, one of the best staffs, if not the best staff in the country. So, 
Yeah, the, uh, rock solid staff, top to bottom for sure. Um, I guess Nick, you know, going back to that conversation you had with with Mike in, um, I think it was Alpharetta, Georgia, right, right outside of uh, yep. Atlanta. He's, you know, you said eh, maybe if 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 the right opportunity came up, was it was it was it something you were hoping for, the right opportunity, or was it just like I'm I'm doing my thing and if it happens, yeah. it happens. Yeah, I was. Uh... I was very content with what I was doing. Um, was an interesting phone call we had when he first reached out. And that's, um, it was interesting enough for me to like look further into it. And uh, the people that he has around the program and within the program uh, made it more interesting. So uh, those are, those are probably the biggest points that when Mike called me, that's why it's, it stayed on my radar enough to, come out here and look at it because um, I don't think any anything else um, I've ever told anyone of like hey I want to get into coaching soon or right? stuff like that so uh, it just happened really organically and our conversation was very um, he had all the points that out that interest me in terms of what his expectations of me and um, and how he runs his program and what he wants to do with it so what was the turning point from Hey, yeah, I'm interested, and I, I'm interested in what you're saying. And okay, we'll we'll keep going on. At what point was it like done, sold? I'm in. Yeah, Mike, let's do it. Um, I don't know, just some just some talking with people in my circle, and uh, coming up here, and we, myself, and my girlfriend, we visited um, Ithaca and looked at the facilities in the town, and uh, those type of things, and and the team, and and what his vision was for. Uh, not only the college program, but also the RTC program, um, and still my my training being an important part of that. Um, kind of everything, everything, all the questions that I I had uh, were answered. Uh, <coughs> you know, the answers were were things I was looking for. So uh, that's kind of what what made me happy with it. Sure, uh, Donnie. Similar question, right? You you had coached at Cornell previously, when you heard, hey, Rob Cole's leaving, Mike's, Mike's the head coach, was there any thought in your head, and obviously you'd been in coaching, right, for, for quite some time, was there immediate thought in your head, like, this is something I'd like to pursue, or did you let Mike pursue you? Yeah, I think that uh, all of us were pretty comfortable with the situation that we were in. Uh, none of us were throwing our, our names out or anything like that, but uh, it, it's always kind of been a nice idea for me to want to coach with Mike. Again, every tournament that we were at, we would always sit down, have a, a drink together and kind of paint a, a picture of what, what the future might look like. And, uh, you know, obviously with a, a great program with uh, like Cornell and right down the road from my, my hometown, uh, that's going to be enticing. To, to me um but then yeah mike mike being a super salesman like he is goes and calls me up and pitches this fantastic idea and the guys that he was talking about surrounding our i guess ourselves with uh now um yeah it, it was just a home run and uh again i, I kind of always did want to make my way back up north uh whether it be in this position which is just fantastic or, or something of my own but i think that uh yeah, the the way Mike really laid everything out, it was it was going to be a home run for for everything set up. Sure, Kellen, uh, same kind of deal, right? Did you, you you'd obviously known Mike? Were, not that I think you were looking to leave Michigan, right? But uh, we're always looking to advance our career, right? And was was um, 
were you caught off guard maybe by by Mike's choice to try to lure you away from your alum um, alumni alumni the school you graduated from alma mater <laughs> alma mater thank you come on yeah um, no you know I was I was kind of waiting to see if Mike would give me the call I figured you know obviously like he was saying we we kind of grew up wrestling with each other all through high school and I've kind of always you know been cordial with each other talked to each other terms stuff like that and. You know, during high school, we spent a lot of time together, even outside the room. So, I, you know, I knew the kind of guy he was and the kind of program he wanted to run. Um, so, you know, once he called me, um, you know, we talked for a little bit. And he's like, hey, do you want to come out? I'm like, yeah, I'm free this weekend. So, me and my girlfriend flew out that weekend. Uh, Wiz was actually out there, too. So, I got to meet him a little bit. I, you know, I knew Nick a little bit, but spent some good time with him and Mike and his family. Um, and just kind of, the, you know, getting the vision that, of where he wanted to take this program. And it was one of those things where, you know, again, I was happy with where I was, but I was excited about this opportunity. And um, it was kind of a, once, you know, we came back from that visit, I was like, I'm in, let's figure out you know, all the details and, and let's start building this program. And having like a young staff like we have, it's a lot of fun because no one's stuck in their ways. Like we're all bouncing ideas off each other. There's no one way or the highway type of, type of mentality. And it's, it's been a fun preseason so far. And I think, you know, the first three weeks, me and Donnie were here and me and Donnie didn't really know each other. Mike was over in Tokyo. So me and Donnie had about three weeks of figuring each other out and, and running the program. So, so it was kind of like a crash course and, and uh, getting to know your, uh, you know, your fellow employees, but, but it, it was a fun three weeks and Mike got back and we kind of, he saw we didn't burn the building down. So I think he was excited and yeah. we've been going yeah, ever since. Yeah. yeah. Mike, the, 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 all three of them talked about, you know, the vision you laid out. And that's something that they bought into. Yeah. What yeah. is that? What was that vision? What is that vision? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, so for me, it's it's creating the trickle-down effect from our RTC, right? I think, uh, you know, if you look at the best program, right, if you look at Penn State, I mean, they've won, you know, so many national titles in, in, you know, in over the last 10 years, right? Uh they have such a great trickle on They have such a great RTC that, I mean, I think every one of their starters has an RTC partner, right? Um, you know, so I think that for me it was getting a great, you know, infrastructure in place, getting a great RTC coach like Frankie Pirelli, who we brought in, is doing a wonderful job. Really excited about him, right? Um, so, so having him as the guy that's leading it, but then having, you know, Kellen and uh, Donnie in there as well. And then, you know, Nick obviously being an athlete, but still having uh, some saying stuff in there. So that, right, RTC and bringing in guys, right, we brought in Devin Skatska, we brought in, um, you know, Andrew Morgan, we have Javon Belfour and uh, Dylan Williams, who number one's from Canada. We have them in our RTC. Um, you know what I mean? Obviously, Yanni Vito. So <clears throat> developing this RTC and, and, I guess, changing the model of our RTC and, um, you know, going out and trying to acquire talent, right, it, it's really important. Right. And then trying to find guys that are going to be able to, you know, be there and, and train with Kyle as well. Right. So doing all those things is what I think is going to then trickle down to our our Cornell uh, program, right? Our, our, our Cornell varsity wrestling program. So for me, my vision in a nutshell is just resources, giving our guys, right, our Cornell guys as many resources as possible. And to do that, you have to bring in RTC athletes, you have to bring in more coaching. Right. So we have lots of guys like even, you know, Gwiz, he's not just an RTC athlete, he's on staff. Right. So the ability for our guys to be coached and to be around great mentors and, and you know, leaders and guys that are going to affect them positively is 
it's, 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 it's huge, right? And there's so many guys and, and, you know, people in our program that are going to do that. So for me, it was just trying to pump as many resources into the program as possible. That, that was my vision, right? Obviously, it goes way in the depth and, you know, we don't have enough time for that. But in a nutshell, it's just pumping as many resources as possible um, and getting the fans excited again. That's the other thing, right? Getting everybody invigorated and excited about, you know, a young staff, an eager staff, and, and a bunch of guys that are, you know, are willing to put the work in to, you know, and, and, and are willing to, you know, invest the sweat equity to get the job done and, and see a lot of success, right? Because that's the big thing that I talk about, and these guys probably get sick of me hearing, hearing me say is sweat equity, baby. You know what I mean? Just doing stuff and not expecting to get anything out of it, but better the program. Right. So sure. doing camps, doing RTC camps, whatever it is, you know, going out and, and visiting recruits and, and, and doing sessions at their uh, clubs. You know what I mean? Whatever it is, just, just getting our names out there, getting our brand out there uh, and not expecting anything from it, but just knowing that it's going to help us and it's going to build our program. So um, the big thing, like I said, was just putting as many resources and, and providing the guys with uh, you know the opportunity to succeed. Sweat equity. I like it. Um, yeah, man. You know, just, just being willing to, you know, honestly have, 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 a, have a no ego and be willing to sacrifice certain things for the betterment of your program. Sweat equity. It's big. Donnie, what was it like from your perspective? Um, Mike's gone. He's in Tokyo. It, it's, it's you and Callan, obviously you're familiar with each other, but you, it sounds like you didn't know each other very well. So you're trying to meet each other and like manage this program um, from a distance. How was that situation from your perspective? Maybe, maybe what was good about it and what was challenging? I, yeah, yeah. I, I think a better way to put it is I, I heard of Callan beforehand. Um, <laughs> he's a little more popular than I am, but uh no, Mike kind of said it. When you go and take ego and, and throw it out the window, I'm, I know where I excel. Um, I know where Kellen now excels, and I, I know where Nick excels. But for that first few weeks, I, my, my personality is a little awkward, I guess, if you want to say. Uh, it's uh, pretty polarizing. You either really like me and you hit it off. And, uh, or, what's that? Unique. That's what we're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got I to re, uh, rebrand myself, I guess. <laughs> But uh, yeah. yeah, no, since I didn't end up with a, a, a knife in my neck or anything like that in the first week, Kel and I hit it, hit it off pretty well. Um, our, our, uh, our first recruiting trip was actually last week, and that's when I think that things really, really started to, to mesh. Once you lock two guys in a car for 12 hours and you're on the road in a hotel and making stuff up as you go and listening to a, a bunch of bell on the radio, something's gonna, is going to happen. But uh, it was refreshing to me or for me to come back to the, the, the program where – you know, I, I had recruited a bunch of these guys on staff. I think that Yanni's class was the last one that I was associated with. Uh, having Darmstadt, having all these guys that were excited and pumped up to just see a, a friendly face, you know, and, and uh, just getting that uh, that familiar guy back into the room. It was one exciting for me and then exciting for those guys. So the response was was pretty awesome. And then, uh, yeah, again, just being back into an area where all of my original hobbies were, all my friends and family and stuff like that, it was a, a pretty easy transition for me. Right. Um, really, all of you guys, I think, wrestled for somebody. Well, I guess, Nick, you weren't technically a co coach until now, but you wrestled for somebody and then coached alongside them. Right. Uh, Rob and and Pat yeah. and um, <clears throat> Sean Bormet. So so Kellen, 
And, and, and you can answer, so I'll go to Kellen first. What was it like transitioning from, you know, wrestling underneath somebody to coaching side by side? And I don't know, you probably think you know somebody and then you know them a little bit differently as you're working parallel instead of like being coached by. So what was that experience like? And, and what did you learn working alongside Sean that maybe you didn't learn as uh, wrestling underneath him? Um, you know, it was a pretty easy transition at Michigan with him. Um, you know, he coached me for one year there, and then obviously I had a gap year between where I started coaching, where I was just training. So um, just getting to know Sean, Sean, very, you know, business mind oriented. So, you know, he wants, you know, obviously when you're his athlete, you're not necessarily seeing that. But once you're on staff, you kind of see like, all right, this is more than just wrestling. Like you can focus on all the stuff in the room, but stuff outside the room sometimes is just as important to the program as you know, the training, obviously you want to win team trophies, but in order to win team trophies, you got to, you know, have alumni engagement. You got to get people to the matches. You got to get, you know, fundraising for the RTC. So, you know, being under Sean, I learned a lot about, about different fundraising ways, different ways, you know, how, how do we get, you know, our fans engaged in the program? How do we get them to buy in to come to all of our matches and, and, and you know, pack the arena there? Um, so that's kind of one thing, you know, probably the biggest thing I learned is just kind of you know, outside of just what's going on in the wrestling room, how do you run a successful program from, you know, business side? And a big part of that is, is delegation. Like you can't be over someone's shoulder every time, you know, he, he was very good at, and so was Mike at being like, all right, you're in charge of this. Like you figure out a way how to take care of it. You know, if you got problems, come to me, but you know, just micromanaging is, is, is tough, especially in this profession where we're spending so much time together where, you know, you got to trust, you know, he had a lot of trust and, in us when we were at Michigan, and I think Mike's got a lot of trust in us here. So um, just kind of delegating different tasks. So, you know, one guy's not getting burnt out doing something, but at the end of the day, they're in charge of that, and, and you know, they can feel good being in charge of that. Sure. Um, Nick, you're, you're, you're obviously still competing. You're one of the top heavyweights in the world. What's going to be the key to, I guess, balancing, the, you know, before you, I, I presume you weren't – well, I don't even know. Did you go – did you act much as a coach at NC State, or was it more like just being an athlete? Um, there was much more of athlete. Um, I wasn't, you know, I would stick around and, and, you know, work with guys or, you know, here and there when things were available. But, um, now, so, you know, I'm staying for all the practices and, um, I think probably one of the best ways, you, you know, you can teach others is by showing them when I'm on. Um, so that being said, like, you know, my, a lot of my partners are here in the room and um, just kind of having it, knowing that my voice is a little bit more important now, I guess, as a coach, mm-hmm. um, rather than, you know, someone who would be there some days and go home other days. So probably for me, it's just consistency being here on a daily basis um, in the college workouts and, and whatnot. Um, but I also have to be conscious of, you know, when or when do when do I need time off? when do I need to uh, finish my workout and, you know, relax rather than go sit in the office and do those type of things. Uh, so I can still have the most productive practices and competitions uh, in my own career. So. Okay. Um, Mike, like doing all this fr- from the road, right? You had camps, you had Olympics, you had, you, you were, I think you told me or so I 60, 70 days on the road or something this summer. Yeah. What was the balancing act like that? What were the challenges to trying to um, phone, Skype, Zoom? I, I don't know. Like how? how well, the, cha- the to- challenge, the, the challenge from Tokyo was obviously the time difference. Honestly, sure. Um, 
you know what I mean? So that was, that was a challenge from Tokyo. Um, you know, and then, I mean, realis- realistically, once I had the staff, I knew I needed, I needed to have these guys hired, um, by, you know, early July. So, so I knew that when I left, I'd be good to go. Right. Um, so, so I think the first part for me was of the balancing act was getting these guys hired as, as soon as possible. Right. And there's, Many a fruit basket sent to HR <laughs> because I annoyed, I was annoying them big time and staying on top of them. But, um, you know, we were able to get this thing done relatively quickly and, you know, get through all the interviews and do all that good stuff relatively quickly so I get these guys hired. So for me, I guess the first balancing or juggling act was getting these guys hired. Um, you know, and then when, when I didn't have them, it was just just trying to attack every day and just try to, I mean, I, I was working obviously crazy hours, but I was just trying to get as much done as possible, realize that you, everything's not going to be perfect right now. And just realize, just do the best you can and try to cover as many, I guess, different areas as possible. So like a lot of the times what I was doing is the stuff that I used to do, like compliance and like, you know, recruiting stuff. Um, and, and, and I guess paperwork stuff, like I would do that at like midnight. <clears throat> and, and the nice thing was, is that, at late at night, nothing was coming in. There's no emails coming in, so <laughs> I could just like see my inbox. I'm like, all right, I can attack this inbox and and, and kind of go, go through that. And then during the day, I'd be chatting with recruits. Um, and the one thing that, of course, I take over like I think like June 1st or, or whatever, and then June 15th is when we can get a hold of 23s. So <laughs> I was like, oh gosh, you know what I mean? But um, you know, getting a hold of those guys, getting a hold of parents, uh, you know chatting with a lot of alumni that was really big in the first part um you know them wanting to get a hold of me too um and letting them know kind of the state of the program and what's going on so definitely wearing a lot of different hats in that first um you know month per se but like anything else you adapt quickly and you know for me i always try to like you're gonna just like we teach our guys right you're gonna grow the most when you're taken out of your comfort zone Right. And, and, and for me, I mean, I'll be the first one to tell you that for the last 10 years or whatever, the, the, eh, the last five will say, like, I know the things I do well and I, I, I did them a lot. Right. Um, <clears throat> so this obviously forced me to do certain things that I, that I necessarily, I wouldn't say shied away from, but I didn't have to do. Right. Where now it's like, all right, let's go. Especially when there's only one coach on staff, he has to do it all for that, for that month. Right. So I think more than anything, it threw me into the deep end. Made me focus on uh, you know growing as a person and and ultimately just focusing on my my weaknesses and and just diving in and facing them and and, and knowing where I you know, I need to get better and you know being honest with yourself like hey if you want to do if you want to do the best job you can if you want to be the best head coach you you can be you need to you know dive in here and um, you know step up and, and and realize that you need to take yourself out of your comfort zone and, and get better in these these areas so how, how do you go about it i guess integrating introducing the new coaching staff to the team is it just like well for up? me it was great because i wasn't here so everything <laughs> happened organically it was great no honestly that's the one thing that i, I, I was telling these guys i think it's it was fantastic because it wasn't me standing over you know like come come meet a new friend right yeah <laughs> it was just like all right guys you got the keys i'm i'm, I'm you know i'm i'm gone for three weeks and i do think that the guys kind of had a, you know, I think the older guys on the team knew Donnie, so that that was that was good. And then 
um, you know, and then a guy like Yanni as well, right? He, he, he knew Kellen, he knew Kellen from his results. And I think he wrestled with them at the OTC when he was like 15 or 16. So there was a little previous relationship there. And when your, your captains and your leaders have ties with somebody, it's easy for it all to kind of flow that way. You know what I mean? Um, but more than anything, the easiest thing was jump in, right? They both, they both just jumped in because I wasn't here. So they, once again, developed the relationships organically with the guys and, um, you know, honestly, didn't skip a beat. I, I think that if you came to our program, you wouldn't, and you didn't know anything about wrestling or coaching, you wouldn't know that these guys are new. I, I don't think you would. Kelly, what was what was the, I don't know, the first practice? You know, Mike's gone. You have the keys, probably literally to the Friedman Center. Mm-hmm. But what was like the first practice? You know, I'm just curious what the first practice is like. I, it's like the first day of school. You're you're meeting the teacher or or getting to know the kids. I'm just curious, you know, what was that experience like for you? Yeah, I mean, like Mike was saying, it's pretty organic. I knew a lot of the older guys. And also, I mean, when I was at Michigan, we were recruiting similar guys. So a lot of the guys I had at least talked to before. Um, so, so I had a little bit of relationship with them. And then, you know, I kind of kind of felt those guys out the first few practices. And, and Mike had kind of broken down, you know, what style of practice we do each day. So um, the first couple of days, you know, were pretty light. I was kind of like, hey – you know, we'll warm up and play some soccer, get some team bonding going with some, with some soccer. So we got some heated games of soccer going. I think Donnie broke his foot one of the games, almost kicking a bike. But um, yeah, it was just it was it was just it was real natural, and we kind of rolled around. And you know, I started you know kind of walking from group to group, showing up some stuff. So um, you know, it was it was really easy transition. You know, at the end of the day, they're, they're college guys, and I've been around college guys for a while, so. I think, you know, everyone was just excited to have, like, a whole staff back. Yeah. Where, you know, before me and Donnie Boy showed up, it was Mike. And obviously, you know, Mike was had to focus on the guys getting ready for, you know, Olympic trials yeah. and then Olympics. So I think the guys were just excited to have a bunch of new new coaches in the room and kind of pick their brains and, and just get straight to work because, you know, they're chomping at the bit right now to compete. Okay. Of, of, of you four – Who's the most competitive in the terms of like a, a warm-up game of soccer? And did Donnie kick the bike because he was pissed? No, he was trying to kick the soccer ball, and then he <laughs> kicked the bike, and then right after kicked the bike again. So twice in a row he kicked the bike. Donnie, you okay? No, I'm actually not. I I am still struggling with that injury. Uh, I bring it up every day. If uh, yeah, most competitive is probably Kellen. Uh, if I wanted to say that I was the most competitive, then they, yeah, I, I would, but I'm, I'm definitely not. I, I, again, I have no, uh, no competitive edge anymore. So yeah, my foot does hurt pretty bad. <laughs> A lot of doctors out that way. I'm sure you can, you can find someone if you need to. Um, yeah. Mike, you guys are, are returning to, to NCA wrestling for the first time since, um, probably EIWAs of 2020, yeah, since, right? Uh, 2020 EIWAs. Yep. So, I'm excited. I'm really excited. Uh, you know, obviously there's rumblings, right? So, Ivy League competition has started, and, and, we're, and we're going, right? So, soccer. I saw soccer out there on the field yesterday, uh, letting it rip. So, so we're we're go. You know, we're full go here. Um, so, I just want everybody to know that that we're 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 ready to roll. We're we're building, and um, you know, our guys are excited. Like like uh, Kellen was saying. Our guys are ready to ready to compete. They haven't had the chance to compete, um, you know, like like others have. So, yeah, the Ivy League is is back on, and 
yeah, we're we're ready we're ready to go. Um, so so Donnie and Nick, you both went from from Binghamton to NC State to 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 Cornell. Um, so just just uh, by happen chance. What do you mean luck we're best the, friends? Luck of the draw. <laughs> What'd you say, Nick? It said luck, luck of the, the draw. draw. Yeah, luck of the draw. Donnie says you're best friends. Nick says luck of the draw. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're friends. I'll put it like that. We're friends. Okay. Or co or workers. Co coworkers, right? Yes, <laughs> we're coworkers. Nine <laughs> and five. Between yeah, nine right. and five, we're friends. Okay. Hey, um, I guess Pat. You know, Pat. Pat was the coach at Binghamton and at NC State. How, how did Pat uh, change or, or evolve, or has he, uh, since maybe you're, you know you guys' early years at Binghamton till now? Well, I, I think everyone's got to evolve in 10, 11 years. You, you yeah. learn things that work. You learn things that don't work. Um, you're put around different people and different um, resources and you're going after different athletes. So you have to figure out, um, what works in different places with different people. Um, and, and he's been successful with that in his own right. Um, and by seeing, you know, how those things adjust, you make adjust adjustments that have been made and success that comes from those, you kind of realize that you have to do it in your own life and in your own, um, in your own bubble. That's kind of what's on me. How about you, Donnie? Yeah. Uh, geez, we're going on 15 years of, of knowing each other. So I, I guess the way that he treated a little 15 year old guy is a, a little different than a, a coworker. Um, but no, basically what, what I'm, what I'm saying is when you go to, or when you start at Binghamton, which is a pretty small division one school, uh, you definitely have to train a little bit differently. Um, and he, he was the best of, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say the best at just picking somebody up and just squeezing every little last ounce of, uh, what he can get out of that person, whether it be, on the track or a grind match in the room, um, at, at least when I was competing underneath them. And then when you go and throw a bunch of resources like he has down at North Carolina State, um, that, uh, again, that, that training atmosphere or training situation is going to change a little bit. Um, he, he's, he's, he's something else, man. It, it's, uh, I've learned a ton from him, uh, especially, like you said, that original question from being an athlete and then being a coworker. There's, there's a lot of things that you just didn't understand as an athlete that is now justified when you, you do see that, uh, that other side. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's, uh, I, I owe a lot to him, I guess. All right. Um, so the Friedman center, it's like one, well, Callum, you actually wrestled at the Bana, Bania center, which was a freestanding facility. Friedman center is one of the few freestanding wrestling facilities in college wrestling just got an expansion. Um, yeah. Can you tell me about it? And then when you're done, or can Nick, at some point, can you give us a little, just turn the, the computer on and give us a little tour? Oh, uh, I'm not in the new part. I'm in the old part, but yeah, I can flip it around. They put stands yeah, I mean, on the so opposite we, side, though? Yeah, okay. Yeah, Good so we're putting, we're putting stands in across the way there where those bikes are. Uh -huh. um, you know, so they're not going to be huge. So we'll have stands on all, on all four walls. Um, and then we put... Where our old locker room was, we took that out. We pretty much blew the back wall off. So um, we blew the back wall of the of the facility off and and, and you know built back. So 
where our old locker room was, it's now a hydrotherapy room. So we have a, a cold tub and a hot tub. Uh, they can both fit about uh, 20 people. Um, you know, we call it our spy area. Then we have a brand new um, sauna that can fit about 30 with Himalayan sea salt on the walls. Just a cool feel. Then we move into our, our new locker room, which has 43 lockers and uh, really has, has all the uplighting and has really neat lockers with power in each locker. And, uh, you know, just kind of thinking, I don't know, like NFL type lockers is kind of what we we're going for. And then from there, up at the back side of the locker room, you move into our Spartan training center. And that's where we have our second wrestling room. So we have two wrestling rooms in the, in the facility. So we have a second wrestling room there, which provides uh, freedom for our guys to come in and, and really train anytime. So when the when the Cornell varsity team is training, our RTC athletes, if they choose to, can can uh, train as as well. And then that's where our weight room is. So our weight room, our racks, and our weights are getting delivered tomorrow. Really excited for that. So uh, we took our weight room from the front side to the back side. So we'll have our weight room, and that butts up to our, our second training center. And then around the back side of the building, um, along the side of the building, is where we have our our student-athlete lounge. A lot of guys think this is like the the bell of the ball, so to speak. We have uh, you know three TVs. We have 120-inch TV and two 65-inch TVs. We have movie theater chairs. We're getting a ping-pong table in there. We have a full kitchen. Um, and then... Yeah, so it's, it's it's pretty neat. And then lastly, in the front of the building where we had our um, where we had our weight room, we took that out, and now we that's where we have our gallery of champions. So interactive boards, um, a numeric wall. It's like a you know, little art piece. Um, so really, just trying to share the history that we have with with folks when they come to matches in a new interactive way. Right, because we have great tradition. Our, our program started in 1905, right? So we have great tradition here at Cornell, and we want people to to experience that. And then, the last thing we're doing, phase three um, of, of graphics, is in the in this uh, the arena that's already been there. You can kind of see it from Nick. It's above, you know, above him. We, we we're branding the back walls, and then we're also going to do something that we call the Mount Rushmore of uh, of Cornell wrestling. So up. Up on the rafters there, we'll have, uh, you know, the, the, the five athletes that really, um, you know, stand out, I guess, in Cornell wrestling history. And then we're going to have like a numeric time wall, uh, timeline on the walls as well. So the walls are going to be covered and they're going to really tell the Cornell wrestling story as well. So it's, uh, a wonderful building. And, um, you know, obviously the cool thing about this facility is it's on the back of our alumni, right? We don't have big time basketball or football. So this building is, uh, you know, was made possible by our alum and our supporters. Yeah. I can't, I can't wait to, uh, at some point, I'll obviously get up there and take a look at yeah, it. Yeah. Come I'm out. Excited. We'll give you a tour. And, uh, the sauna is nice and hot for you, Bader. Did you say 30 people in the sauna? Yeah, we can fit massive amounts of people in there. It's a big, it's a big sauna. It's real big. That's, that, that's incredible. Um, and you mentioned Spartan Combat RTC and their section yeah. in the back. Obviously, the World Team Trial is coming up. Um, how many guys are you going to be planning on sending out there? So, uh, <clears throat> Vito's not going to wrestle. Vito was registered, but then he got COVID. So, Vito's out, unfortunately. Stinks. Um, yeah, it stinks. Obviously, Yanni. And then we have uh, Skatska. And then we have... Uh, Drew Morgan, Scotty Boykin, uh, Jesse Williams is going to wrestle 67 for Greco. And then we have, uh, obviously, Nick as well. 
So we have we have a good we have a good crew. We're excited about our crew, and um, you know I think our guys can do can do really well. So it's going to be an exciting event, and once again, just another opportunity, right? And that's the great thing about this year is um, you know for Kyle especially too, right? Another opportunity at the Worlds to you know <clears throat> kind of set, set the record straight. Uh, you know, we we think set the record straight for sure, and then um, you know get some other guys on the team and and continue to build our RTC, continue to build our program, and um, once again contribute to the vision and create that trickle down to our current student athletes that are uh, Cornell students. So, and, and you you mentioned Kyle, right? I guess just we, we all saw what happened, and and he bounced yeah. back and, and took the bronze. How how was he? How did he handle? Handle losing, right? Not that he, I think he threw a tantrum or anything, but just like how did it affect him? And then getting pulled back and 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 making the run for bronze. <clears throat> I mean, I think we we saw how he how he handled it, right? Um, yeah. And that's really it. So I think uh, disappointment, right? Lots of disappointment. Um, and after it happens, fear that maybe you don't get a shot to even wrestle for a medal, right? Maybe you don't get pulled back in. So disappointment. Um, and then once we saw. You know the Belarusian beat Tumizo is just say, right, let's go, let's get 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 with get, get come home with something, right? <clears throat> um, come home with something and you know make it the new the new best thing, which is you know a reality, which is you can't win, but you can take third. So go go get third. So sure. that's kind of that's me handled it like a professional. You know he handled it like a professional, like we knew he would, and you know hoped he wouldn't have to, but like we knew he would if he had to. And, you know that's Kyle, right? He's he's a professional through and through. So yeah, and he brought home that bronze, which was great, and we're all happy and proud of him. Um, okay, one more little segment here. I didn't tell any of you guys this, but we got trivia. I wrote some trivia questions. Um, so we'll just run with it. And if you know the answer, just just shout it out. We got Rich in the back. Rich, you are in charge of figuring out who answers a correct answer first, and then keeping score. You, Handle that? Yeah, of course. Got it. Of course. All right. And we'll, do, we'll start with the Olympics. In 2021, at the Olympics, USA Wrestling total took home how many bronze medals? Ooh. Two. Oh, no. In total. Dang it. What? Gilman, Sarah, Kyle. Who am I missing? There's one more, right? What did you say, Nick? Did you throw your hands up? Owen. Oh, yeah, four. Uh. <clears throat> four. All right. Well, there's a time limit per question. Time limit per question. I mean, this is kind of open-ended here. Till till somebody gets it right or everybody gives up. Um, okay. Similarly, uh, at this Olympics, how many USA Wrestling, uh, how many people from USA Wrestling wrestled in the gold medal match? Wrestled in a gold medal match. Okay. Oh, is your, it's a trick question because Helen wrestled in gold as well. <clears throat> Are you talking about for this Olympics only? Or I'm sorry, in 2021 Olympics. Olympics. Nick got okay. it. He threw five fingers up. Yeah. I thought that I thought that Bader was trying the, to trick. I'm me. sorry. I, I I didn't say 2021 Olympics, but but yeah, that's what I meant. So Nick gets that one. All right, now this one's really tough. I didn't I didn't know this at all but I looked it up. In the history, how many people, how many Cornell wrestlers have wrestled in the Olympics? 
All time. I know this. I'm going to guess three. No, it's, a guess. it's not three. It's four. It's not four. It's two. You go the other way. <laughs> okay, it's definitely more than two. I know that. Five. Five. Nick Wisdowski. <laughs> nice job. Here, I, I, I looked at – Wiki says four, but they didn't include date. But we had um, <clears throat> in 1920. Yeah. Ackerley. Yep. McWilliam. Walter. Obel and Kyle Dake. Dake. Yep. All right. So, um, and a couple of these questions involve each of you. So if the question's about you, you can't answer it. Fair enough. Okay. Um, what is Mike Gray's official and complete coaching title? Oh, it's got some guy's name after it. <laughs> Look it up right here in email. You're working it up, Gwiz? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Gwiz is it's like, I'm winning this, by the way. So, I think we found uh, out David Dunlap. Who said that? Kellen. Kellen? Yep. David Dunlap. Class of 59, though. You missed that part. We'll give a half point each there. Incomplete answer. Okay. We all know very well that Donnie Vincent beat Kyle Dake in a college wrestling match. What was the score? Four to two. Uh, six to four. Six four, no. Mm. Four, is it four to three? It's five three. Ryan's right. um, Nick Wazdowski won two NCAA titles. Who did he beat for his first NCAA title? Nelson. Got it. Yeah. Big Tom. There you go. Big McMahon. Follow up. Who was the second? Coon. Coon. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Similar question. Kellen Russell, two-time NCAA champ. Who did he beat for his first title? The Boskoff. Ding. Yeah, gosh darn. How about his second? Marion. Uh, Marion. Got it. Was that Donnie? That's me. I got there. Second. Well, <laughs> uh, head coach Mike Gray was a four-time state champion in New Jersey. How many losses did Mike have in high school? One. Wrong. In Jersey or in total? Folks out. According to the Cornell website. So I don't know what exactly what that comp encompasses. Three. Right Zero. What's the difference? Two. Two. <laughs> Two. Gwiz. All right. Um, Callan and Mike wrestled for Jeff Buxton. He missing a finger. What f year did Jeff Buxton cut off his finger? My brother oh. took him to the hot. The year he missed Fargo. I don't know. Was it 14? I was going to say 14. 2014? No, yeah. Come on, guys. Jump way back. Was it 12? Oh. College 2011. Keep going. 10. Keep going. 07. 08. Oh, 2008. Wow. I was at a college when that happened. 
It was crazy. Time, it's kind of a time warp sometimes. It was at the firehouse is where it was. Yeah, okay. when they're out of the room, when they're building a new one. Were either of you guys there? No. My brother, my, my older brother took him to the hospital. I know that because I... He was moving an industrial fan. Well, I guess technically both my brothers were there, Mark and John. He was moving an industrial fan and didn't pull the plug before he moved it. Yeah, yeah. That would have... I felt an infamous fan, but I wasn't there when it happened. Did it fall all the way off, or was it like kind of hanging by a? I wasn't there, but I heard it was just like a, a good shredded. Yeah, good old. Uh, yeah, you know. Yeah. But man, they did a good job with that hand. So. Yeah, yeah, solid handshake, nonetheless. Um, mm -hmm. What year did Flow Wrestling start? Oh six. Oh six. Um. Cornell's Regional Training Center is the co Spartan Combat RTC. What year was the Spartan Race founded? Uh, 11. 13. 11, yeah. The other guesses? Uh, 05. 13. 12. 2009. <laughs> 2007. 2007 it was. All right, just, just a couple more. Um Huh? These questions are challenging. Uh, yeah, they're, they're supposed to be. <laughs> Combined, how many high school state titles do Yanni and Vito have? Twelve. No. No, eight. Eight. Eight, eight. eight. yeah. Both only won four. I mean, Mike's kind of got a leg up there because he's, he's coaching. Yeah. Okay, yeah, but... similar question, a little tougher. Combined, Yan and Vito, how many high school losses did they have? And this would be according to the Cornell website. I don't know. I don't think that includes Fargo or it's probably high school folk style matches. One. Six. No, Vianney lost when he was a seventh grader. Two. I guess they count Two. Probably, I, I think probably four. I think Yanni lost a couple when he was in seventh grade. He had a four. Four. I think yeah. uh, Vito had one and Yanni had three. Yeah. Because Yanni lost three as a seventh grader, I think. All right, last question. When is Nick Wisdowski's birthday? Oh, man. <laughs> well, honey, 15 friend. years. <laughs> I shouldn't know that. Or the month. Yeah. Are you an April guy? It's near a major oh. holiday. It's near a major oh. holiday. November. Are you a November guy? November November fourteenth. Big holidays. December. December. December twenty fourth. Oh. December. I had a wrestling match. Is it for Christmas that. Day? Is it Christmas Day? Did you say you had a wrestling match on that day, Nick? No, I said at a. Well, yeah. There is a. There's a very big wrestling tournament on my birthday. January first. The scuffle. The other. December third. <laughs> December third. The other one, right before oh, the scuffle. March, March 18th. No. We determined, we determined it's December. We have determined it's December. Gotcha. Uh, the third. Ken Craft. Ken, Ken Craft. Ken, yeah, thank you. Ken Craft. Oh, December 21st. Oh, Midlands. 27th. <laughs> the middle is, is the 27th and 28th isn't it it's like the 29th and 30th i think because uh, usually we travel home on 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 new year's yeah it's new the 30th 30th this is all, all right thing. rich do you have a, a score tally i know we're kind of all over the place but 
Coach Mike takes it. He looks like he got five right. Who's after that? How give us the countdown? We got a two-way tie with three three apiece, Gwiz and Kellen and then wow, Donnie. I can't believe I took it. I, I took it with the Yanni and Vito questions for sure. And Donnie got two. All right. And, but Mike, like I said, had an advantage because he'd been at Cornell for, for quite some time. Um all right, guys. What's that? I didn't even get the Cornell questions though. Yeah, the, the Olympians. I thought it was I thought it was uh well I was thinking about medals, right? So, yeah. And I knew Abel. But and, and 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 we digress. Okay. All right. Last thing, we got Rich in the back. Questions from Rich. Rich the intern has a question, I think, for each of you. So whenever you're ready, Nick. Uh Nick? No. Whenever you're ready, Rich, go ahead. All right. Uh first one is for Coach Gray. You've been a part of success at Cornell, both as an athlete and coach. Um, what have you learned from the past staffs, if anything, that helped you assemble the staff that you have now? Because, um, I mean, I can't remember the last time that there was a staff put together with, with such high caliber resumes. Yeah, no, I mean, for me, uh, when I was an athlete, you know, having great people around me. So the biggest thing that I tried to do was, you know, you have to have all, all these, you know, a resume, right? That's obviously part of it, but, and, you know, it might sound corny or whatever, but just good guys, guys that people want to wrestle for, right? Because I know that for me, I, I was uh, the type of guy that needed a, a player's coach, right? A guy that was going to be in the trenches. And that's the type of coach I try to be like, you know, like a wrestling coach with, with, with my guys. So I wanted all, all coaches that are going to be, you know, we'll, we'll say player coaches, right? They're going to be in there for their guys. And that's what I've seen. The years that we did best, like when we took second in 10 and 11, we had a staff full of coaches that, not to say that certain years we, we, we don't, right? But just we had a group of guys like Matt Azevedo, Jeremy Spades, Damian Hahn, and then obviously Rob. Like those guys were in the room and just were so invested um so invested and, and made you feel so important and uh you know made you believe in yourself right and i i knew that when i was able to put my staff together i wanted i wanted a staff like that right guys that are going to build up your team they're going to build up your student athletes and make them believe in themselves so you know i guess the 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 things that the things that i saw from when i was an athlete to when i was coaching and and you know I guess the most success we've had was when we had coaches that were super invested with their players, coaches, and guys that, you know, were were uh, big for team chemistry and, and, and just uh, team culture. So, Right, right. Uh, this one's for Donnie. Kind of a similar question. You've been a part of growing programs and established staffs during your time in college and your coaching career. One, what's it mean for you to be back in New York? And two, what are your thoughts on the opportunity to join this staff? Uh, it's always great to get back to family. Again, I, like I, I said, I kind of knew I was going to end up in this area to uh, at some point. Um, but uh, I think that the real intriguing thing with, with this staff is, again, how, how young we all are. And Mike kind of hit it on the head. We, we still are able to get on the map. We still have a lot of connections we're, we're, we might be old, but we're not that old. You know, uh, we, we get all the, the hip jokes and, and whatnot. Um, but, uh, again, yeah, I, I don't think that, uh, we're not rebuilding or anything like that. We're just, uh, 
progressing. What we have here is a great foundation. And, and yeah, I've been a part of a, a lot of teams that have gone and built themselves up, but I've never started with uh, anything at this level, except for that time I, I was already here at Cornell. But uh, this is just a refreshing new look at the program that does have a lot of history. And again, I, I think that, uh, like Mike said, with his vision and our new facility and our, our youthful staff and the guys who are energized because they didn't have that opportunity to compete last year, that's what's really exciting is, you know, we we're, we're just ready to go. And uh, I think that uh, we're going to hit the ground running. And every time I talk to a recruiter or something like that, they're excited about it. They're, they're curious what the buzz is going on up here. Um, and uh, that's, that's just pumping me up. And, and I think it is for the rest of the staff as well. Right, right. So this one's for Gwiz. Uh, we, we talked about how you're going to be splitting time between coaching and competing. Do you feel like doing both can be beneficial to your coaching career and why or why not? Um, more times than not when I'm in here coaching and I'm not like actually doing like wrestling with them, uh, there's things, there's questions asked, there's positions that show up that jog my memory and, um, uh, make me think of things that I used to do or things, you know, different answers to things in different positions. So, uh, yeah, I think it's, I think it's good. I think it is, um, refreshing in ways to kind of make you think of things differently than if you're just in your own shoes. All right. And last one for Kellen Russell. So you've seen high caliber wrestling from your time at Blair all the way to Michigan. You guys, as we've talked about in this interview, have a bunch of top tier athletic resumes on this staff. What do you feel you do best that's going to help bolster where you guys want to go? Uh, I think a lot of it, you know, I still obviously within the room stuff, you know, the roll around with guys. Um, you know, I'll do some different scramble positions with guys like Yanni and Vito and and Greggy D and those guys just kind of keeping them, you know, feeling good in those positions. And then also I'm a big proponent of, you know, a lot of sports psychology stuff. I've worked with a lot of sports psychologists and uh, just kind of getting that mental edge to those guys, helping them build their confidence up. Cause that's a huge part, especially when, you know, February and March hits where you've been grinding for, you know, four or five months already and just, just staying positive and keeping it light in the room and keeping those guys motivated to work hard. Um, through those tough patches because everyone's going to hit a little tough patch throughout you know a season but you know it's how you overcome that adversity and and stay positive through those through those tough patches that's going to you know that's the difference between you know a trophy team and a national championship team and that's kind of the goal when Mike you know called all of us up he's like you know we, we want to win trophies but we want to win you know we want to bring the first team national championship to Cornell and I think a big part of that is sports psychology a big part of it's you know our training regimen a big part of it's our nutrition and just tying all those loose ends together for each of our athletes and individualizing each workout plan for each athlete is huge. And it's very important for our whole staff to do. And uh, it's something we're working on now. Just, you know, every, every athlete's different. Um, you know, it's not going to be a blanket approach for everyone in this program. It's going to be a lot of individual workouts that, that we're all going to be being part of and, and just keep developing and those guys in the room. All right. Thanks guys. All right. Thank you, Rich. Um, and thank you to the fellows, Mike, Donnie, Kellen, Nick, uh, Mike, congrats on putting together a stellar coaching staff and getting the win in, in the trivia game, though. I wonder if they sandbag and just let the, the boss win. But um, that's going to do it, man. Yeah, um, anything else from any of y'all before we let you go? No, I just appreciate you uh, having us on and, um, you know, just sharing, I guess, things about our program, you know, letting people, uh, you know, I guess kind of see – see from the outside in and that's something that we definitely want to continue to do is just you know open ourselves up and, and let people 
you know, see what, what our program's like and, um, you know, ultimately just continue to um, bring the best student athletes here to Cornell. Sweet. Well, like I said, you got, you got a dynamite staff. Sounds like y'all are getting, getting together really well and, and, and organically uh, things have, have grown between the coaches and the team. So best of luck to you guys uh, next year and continued success at the trials and in the future. And uh, thanks so much for joining us. Y'all have a great day. Thanks, Peter. Better. Thank you, fellas. Take care, guys. Yep. Adios. All right, Rich. That's gonna do it, man. I thought uh, I thought that was a great show. I thought the trivia was a fun little twist. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely fun for sure. Real fun to be a part of. Yeah. Um. So that's gonna do it for today's show. We will be on tomorrow with uh, Amit Elor. She mopped the floor with international competition this summer. Um. Uh, so same time tomorrow. We'll see you guys then. Have a great one. Thanks.